Hello for fuck's sake listeners, Rob here. This is episode 104. Just a quick note before we get into it, we talk in this podcast about the festive section, but because we talk too much in the first part, we've decided to split it into two separate episodes. So this episode, 104, is about the current squad, what's going on at the club right now, the games against Palace and Man City, and Pete's news about the ground developments, whereas episode 105, which is also available right now for you to listen to, is our festive special. So uh, all that's left to say is Merry Christmas, enjoy the two podcasts, thanks very much for listening. Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is For Fox's Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's Sake. My name is Pete Selby and it's the Christmas show. Yay! Very festive. (laughs) And uh, we're in the same place. We're in the same room for the first time in a long time. We do actually see each other outside the podcast occasionally. We saw each other the other week at the Spurs home game. But I tell you what, Pete, you've gone all out in for Fox HQ this year. There's snowflakes. There's some twigs with lights on the end, there's... which are surprisingly good, actually. Oh, by the way, uh, Mr. Rob Hayes. Yes. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't give you the full intro, but that's right. Um, I'm here. Yeah, the, the 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 twig Christmas tree with lights on. I bought it and went, that's going to be dreadful. It's actually quite good. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. It's quite nice. We've got three Christmas trees with dustings of fake snow on them. One is the large focal point. The other two are on the mantelpiece. Vardy's behind it. I thought Vardy had some tinsel on him. Has that gone? No, it's, it's just you don't put tinsel around a, a signed Jamie Vardy shirt. You have it just fully on display, proud as punch. Fair enough. Candles. Yes, candles, yeah. There's some nuts over there. If you want some nuts, some nuts. Oh, a little basket of nuts, a little uh, silver fox. Silver fox. There's a uh, there's a reindeer with a flower in it. And as, a really good as tree. As you do. And yeah, really, I like your tree. And a really good tree. Anyway, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do 10 minutes or so on football, and then the rest is going to be our festive special, which Pete always uh, looks forward to, don't I you? I do, I do. It's, um, if... You don't want to hear about the Man City game in the Cup or what's going on right now at the club. Then fast forward about 10 to 15 minutes and then we'll start the Christmas festivities and all that sort of malarkey. But stand by for 15 minutes of rant. Also, at the end, more news on the ground. Uh, My spy at the King Power um, has let slip some... uh, some very interesting information regarding the ground as well. So. Which you've not yet told me, so I'm sitting here <laughs> eagerly awaiting it just uh, just as much as you are listening. Uh, you'll know that if you if you don't want to listen to this football eat stuff, you'll know it's the festive part when the festive music kicks in. Um, but we can't tell you how long this first bit's going to be because we haven't done it yet. That's how this thing works. Yeah, it's obviously a few days after. It's the first time we've done a, a podcast in the same room, in the same for Fox Eight HQ, either one or two together for a while. So, um, it's going to be, a, I think, sounds better when there's two of us here. But obviously, through life and circumstance, it doesn't always happen. But 
okay, Man City in the cup. Um, there's a lot that's been said since. There's a lot that was said at the time. There's so many frustrations. I think just losing on penalties is always frustrating. You do take the angle of that, the fact that we won twice before on penalties. Um, just talking about the penalties alone, they were dreadful. Why People said, oh, why did defenders take them? Well, quite frankly, they were the ones who stepped forward. One of the defenders scored. You'd probably say Christian Fuchs would be one of the penalty takers anyway, and he must have just switched his plan very late on. Uh, so Choyu scored against um, in the previous round versus Southampton, so he's already taken a penalty and scored. That was possibly up there with the worst penalty I've seen. That's been on target. Um, Manison kicked it into his own foot after trying a little step thing, which we know wouldn't work because the goalkeeper was always waiting to see what happens. And if there's a slight pause or a, a deliberate pause, the goalkeeper, if they haven't moved, you're in trouble. And there you go. That's that's how... And then Raheem Sterling tries to panenka it down the middle. And it doesn't work. So it just turns out, actually taking a penalty normally, it's, it's especially yeah, the best just, way. Just hit it hard, on target, somewhere near the corner if you can, and it's going to force the keeper to make a save. Look, Harry Maguire's penalty wasn't exactly out, outstanding, but it was hard enough for the goalkeeper not to be able to save it. Yeah. And that's... That's it. I agree with you on Fuchs. I think Fuchs has got one of the best strikes of a football in in the squad, arguably. So it's that's just a a blip for him. And I don't think you can blame the selection because they're all footballers. They're all paid to kick a ball. Um, they're obviously playing certain positions based on their other attributes, but they can all kick a ball accurately. Otherwise, they wouldn't be professional footballers. And all the penalty is is kicking a ball accurately from twelve yards. Yeah. So I, I don't think the the selection of penalty takers can be criticised. It's just something that a lot of people are adding to the to the many list of moans about Claude Puel. That's but the- ultimately, the team that is that ran away with the Premier League last season has only been beaten once in the league this season, and we took them to penalties. And all right, they beat us from from the the twelve yard mark. I, I, I don't I don't think that it's a particularly it, it's a disappointing way to go out, but I don't think it's it's. It's shamed us. It hasn't. But when you look at it from a point of view, on a Leicester point of view, from an overview, people will go, oh, it, it, surely it's not that not that bad. Um, we are well known as being, not Claude Puel fans, but we're not banging the drum for, you know, Puel out. I'm under no illusion that Claude Puel will not be the Leicester manager at the start of next season. I think it's odds on that he won't be. Okay. The reasons that he will be are if we have a massive upturn in form and there you go, you know, if we do have a massive upturn in form or win the FA Cup. Something along those lines would have to happen for him to be in charge, in my opinion. Um, he will not go before that unless there is a massive problem, you know, if there's a, a, a squad rebellion, if there's a massive downturn in form in terms of losing all the time, you know, and you drop down the table and it's a, a rescue measure. He he probably will be there at the end of the season. Okay, that's he'll be there until the end because of what's happened in the last few months. Uh, there's bigger things that happen behind the scenes and all that. So I I don't understand why people want him to be gone now because there's changing managers halfway through a season unless there is a massive problem or you bring in a caretaker. Obviously, what's United done? It's it's just not. I don't think it's going to happen. Of course, it could, but there you go. Um. But I think Claude, there was many things he did right and there was many things 
he did spectacularly wrong, in my opinion, on Tuesday night. Um, and we've heard on Twitter that sometimes people don't like my opinion and uh, and then decide not to listen anymore. But never mind. And uh, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Yeah, <laughs> um, it took him 103 episodes to <laughs> to, to then tell us that. And uh, yeah. Um, it was taken completely out of context as well, wasn't it? Was. It was. I mean, I, I, I think you weren't I'm... sitting there going, "This is all about me. This is my podcast. <laughs> Screw you and your opinions, everybody listening at home." I don't know. I mean, I, I might, I might have actually, I might have said, "It's my opinion." Not... You did, you did say, <laughs> "It is my podcast," which technically Half. is true. Half. Yeah. I mean, we we both we both have been here since the start. We both kind of came up with the idea, and, and we've been running with it ever since. But you didn't, 103 episodes. Exactly. <laughs> but you didn't say it in a in in that way. No. You didn't say none of you can have an opinion. You're listening to this because it's my podcast and it's my opinion. If you haven't, I, we, we had a quick text chat straight after that, didn't we, Pete? And and I uh, I urged you not to respond. Yeah. Yes. And we're not responding right now. We're Silence just we're going. just filling you in with what's happened. If you want to trawl through our Twitter over the last week or so, then then please feel free. And it's you can quite see it funny, there. really. But but but. Um, Thanks to those of you that are sticking with us, despite the fact that it's Pete's podcast and nobody else counts. Yeah. Um, Merry be, Christmas. It's, it's going to be rebranded. Um, uh, the logo's changing everything. It's going to be a silhouette of me just a, doing a Bruce just your face. doing a Bruce Forsyth pose. Anyway, um, so I, I'm going to go with the good things he's done and the bad things he's done regarding the Man City game, according to me. Um, first of all, I would say the team selection was appalling. You're playing Crystal Palace at home, uh, away in a league. Tuesday night, you're playing Man City at home in the cup, and then you're playing away at Chelsea. You've got to balance the squad. You've got a striker who is delicate at the moment. You need points in the league, but you're in the quarterfinals of the cup competition. I know, I know, it's it's difficult to balance these things. My problem is the game we played exactly a year before, a year, a year, a, a day off being a year was exactly the same as what happened the other day. A mirror image. We play a weakened team against a weakened Man City team. We then bring a couple of players on from the bench to strengthen the side because we're losing. We end up drawing, lose on penalties. You don't learn... He's not learned from his mistakes, OK? Uh, I thought the team selection was dreadful. Uh, why certain players didn't play, I've got no idea. Um, also... The formation, I will say, was very good. He played 4-3-3, and the two wide players further forward in the three uh, dropped back into a midfield five. Okay, so you got 4-5-1 when they have the ball. Absolutely fine. Those midfielders were the squarest midfield I've ever seen in my life. Okay, it was like they were all attached onto a plank of wood. You've got Chowdhury, Ibora, and Ndidi, and none of them, you either have one to drop back or two drop back and one being forward. What... What happened was the first 20 minutes, one 10-yard ball in midfield went beyond those three and then they're into the defence. There was three players standing between our midfield line and defence who on for Manchester City who had so much time and space. It was unbelievable. Um, and they and they can shoot from anywhere and they did and they scored and it's, and it's 1-0. Leicester were fortunate to get in one down they sat back they didn't press the crowd are getting on Iniacho's back because he half wants to press but he's obviously been told not to and he can't just do it all by himself anyway he's obviously woefully short of confidence and Man City came out in the second half and how they didn't score in the first five minutes I don't know they've obviously been told look kill the game now one more goal does it 
We bring on a few substitutes. Uh, Albrighton comes on and looks fantastic. There's more impetus. They start to press. And they press as a forward three and then midfielders come forward. Indeed, he started to get forward, who I still think has been very disappointing in the last few months. And they press as a team. And it caused the game to be more open, more... Um, there was more mistakes being made on Manchester City's point of view. And if one player did not press, so three go forward and then the other three in midfield do, but one doesn't, stands there, Claude went mad. And second half, he was remonstrating with him, shouting, telling him to get in there, go forward. And he was doing everything that Leicester fans want in a manager. He, he was, he was, they were really good. And they got the goal. And it was a fantastic goal. Good ball over the high line, which I'll come on to in a minute. And we got into the game, scored the goal, equalised, penalties, job done. We know, we know what happened after that. Why we didn't employ those tactics in the first half, absolutely no idea. Okay, Their back line was the highest back line I've ever seen, ever. When we had the ball in midfield, in our half, their, their defence was 10 yards, maybe even closer to the halfway line. Okay, they had Basically, the whole of their half was free. Now, if we had Vardy on the bench or on the field, he he would have had a field day, like we've done before against Pep's teams. They knew that Vardy weren't playing, okay? So he's gone, right, push up like we normally do. If Vardy plays, they might not do it as much. You know? Which makes more room in the midfield. Exactly. And it was... Dread- Ineacho, yes, he didn't have a lot of service and, and this, that and the other. His offside record is appalling. His time of run... Again, you've got a really high line. To run in behind should be relatively simple. His times of his runs are dreadful. He's not that leading man. He really isn't. He is not. And they need to sort this out quickly. Really, really quickly. And if Vardy ever has to have a a surgery on his groin or whatever, bang in trouble. And so there's good things that happened. There were bad things that happened. Uh, Chadia was given man of the match. For from what I could see, three or four good tackles. He played okay. I thought the first half an hour, they just walked through our defense, uh, our midfield as as well. I'm not blaming him at all, but you know, you, you, the best of a bad bunch, I would say. But Chowdhury's the kind of player that the Leicester fans want to see, especially with the with the Should've sluggish played, yeah. start. He's the kind of player that that will show plenty of heart you can look at Chowdhury and you think yeah he's put a shift into that's why he got an extended obviously there was injuries in central midfield back end of last season but that's why he has endeared himself to the fans quite early we like an academy product anyway we've always been proud of players that are that are from the local area or that have come through the academy from a young age the likes of Andy King Ben Chilwell that have been brought to the club at a young age Chowdhury's from uh, around your neck of the woods um, Barrel Ponsor, I think he yeah, was originally from. But 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 he come he he embodies everything about Leicester City, doesn't he? He was there. He was putting in. He's putting himself about, putting in a few challenges, charging about in the midfield after Leicester had tweaked things slightly in that central area. But so Leicester fans wouldn't mind losing, especially not to a team like Man City, if everybody looked like they were trying as hard as Hamza Chowdhury, which I think is the main issue they've got with Ian Acho, his body language and Terrible. his his application to things other than passing the ball in the back of the net from 10 yards when he's got room in the penalty area, he hasn't got that all-round lung-busting game. He hustled and harried in the second half because everyone was there with him doing the same thing. But the the, the, the inclusion of Chowdhury, you've got Papa Mendy. You're playing Mendy and Ndidi against Crystal Palace. 
Mendy would almost have been my first player on the sheet against Man City. You're going to play 4-3-3. When they have the ball, you drop in two players back to play a midfield five. Mendy would be the first one in the middle. And I'll say, look, Mendy, you are going to be the person who just goes back 10 yards, almost plays on the toes of the defenders. Because when they slide the ball through, you've got to be able to read that. You're the tackler. And when you get the ball, you can just give it to someone who's got more skill than you. You, know, you lay it off, pass it out wide. That's your job. That's all you're doing in the team. The other two centre midfielders, one could be a snap at your feet, go around the uh, Chowdhury, and the other one can be Ndidi, doing exactly the same and has got licence to get forward. In the second half, he ended up getting into the penalty area on a couple of occasions. He must have realised what he's doing there. What one we're doing, I've never been here before. But when he got forward, I want to see him I want to do that more. But no, Mendy's not even in, included in the in the, in the side, or I think he might have been on the bench. But it just looked it looked all wrong. It really did. And again, it's another chance of going through a real chance of going through to a semi final. I don't. There's a lot of things that happen at football clubs that supporters and experts on TV and people who do podcasts don't know about. Okay, and there's reasons for selections and there's reasons for tactics and whatever that are done over time on the training field and it's worked out, plans are worked out by people who are employed to do it. Okay, so a lot of the time people say things that are probably completely wrong. But to a man, to a boy, to a girl, everyone has said, why aren't Leicester playing the best team that they can in a quarter-final clash at home against a weaker Man City side? Why not? You're playing Chelsea at the weekend away. Play a few kids then. And then play Man City on Boxing Day at home with your first team. If Vardy's ever going to be dropped and miss out a game, surely Chelsea away with the looking at Man City, that will be the game. Play you some young kid. You know, how about this? Go and play at Stamford Bridge. You know, in the first team. Why not? you got 60 minutes and then you can bring Okazaki on. It's, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because, of course, they got Burton afterwards. <laughs> it was sod's law. Yeah, I'm not, I'm there's not, no guarantee. We there's no guarantee. No, no, no. The, the butterfly effects and all that sort of malarkey. But it's that's the problem. That's the problem with Claude. The decision was easy. We knew what side he was going to play, and I, I agreed with his remonstrating on the touchline. I liked the tactics he played. I disagreed with the non-pressing first half. I agreed with his. Uh, pressing in the second half, but ultimately he's let himself down by the team selection. If he plays the first team and they get smashed three nil, you've got beat three nil by Man City. Okay, fair dues. It's it's not working. The formation again. I'll go back to it. When we play four two three one, those three exactly like say Chelsea play. Those three players are given the most license. The best three players in their side, the likes of William Hazard. Uh, Pedro, we've not got that. We've got Gazelle, who's rubbish. Oh, well, not rubbish, but he's very poor. He's not kicked on. His dread, dead balls were awful. He's slow. He, he's not looked the player that we hoped he might be. Okay, He's been given a big licence to go and do his stuff. It's not worked out. Diomari Gray played well. He took players on. He's still flattering, really. He doesn't score enough goals. And Madison came on. But those players, in the formation we're playing, it's not suiting... The players we've got up top, it's not suiting Vardy, more on him in a second, and it's not suiting those three players in behind because they're not good enough. Okay, It's not their fault, they're just not good enough. We need to buy some serious players, 
we're not going to do our transfer window rant nearly over um we're not going to do our transfer window special first that's just before january one of my first things i'd do is phone up and say that diaz who's not playing at man city come and play as one of the three behind the forward for leicester come and do it you're quick you're skillful you get a game dead easy um you i think people like madison will learn a lot of him no problem come and play it's, it is frustrating. Why are you trusting players in a certain formation that are just not good enough? Vardy, I've got my. I think there's problems there. I think Vardy is not playing. The, the formation doesn't suit Vardy. He, we've just watched him on Sky Sports News yeah. with a very revealing interview. He, he was very honest. He, he did sort of. He did justify his answers after, but the reporter on Sky Sports News said, um, "Does Club Wells' possession-based football suit you?" And he said, "No." But, um, I'm but that's the manager's. Learn. Yeah, I'm willing to learn. I'm working hard on the training ground, and he went on to essentially suggest that it doesn't suit anybody in the team. He didn't quite say that, but he said we're all working hard so that we can continue to make the progress forward. Um, that that this he said we're in a transition period and we're changing the way that we play football. And and look, if Clubwell came in and tried to emulate what had gone before him he'd have fallen flat on his face because we'd have got found out. And there, there were certain players who, who weren't available for selection anymore because they'd moved on. Um, and he likes the possession-based football. If there is no significant display on the pitch between now and the end of the season, that there, that there is real progress being made. I'm not just talking about looking good in one game or looking good for half an hour of one game and then 45 of the next. I'm talking a string together run of 10 to 15 games where this style of football proves to get Premier League results week on week on week. If he doesn't get that, it goes in the summer. I agree with what you said earlier. There's no there's no way he can he can stay because he's changed a lot of things. He's brought a lot of players in. He would have had in football terms, he would have had a lot of time by next summer. Um so it has to start showing its its benefits very soon. It has to. Otherwise, otherwise, what's the point? And the, and that's and that is the point. The point is, what is the point of playing that way if it's not suiting the players they've got? The only way it will work, in my opinion, is if they bring in two or three players in those forward positions who are better, first of all, than what we've got, and. I'm not going to say adhere to the way he wants to play because those three players in behind the forward, again, they've got so much um, freedom to do their stuff. Madison has looked very good in, in fits and, and starts occasionally, but the other two have been just disappointing and there's a lot riding on them because you're playing with two defensive midfielders. They need some serious reinforcements in January in terms of... Oh, where's that drum? Bang, bang, bang. Harvey Barnes. Oh, not that again. Bang, bang, bang. Harvey Barnes. January the 1st. He should be back in Leicester. No problem. There's a space in the first team for you. You need better players in those positions because we can look good in terms of defending, in terms of um, keeping the ball, in terms of snuffing out the opposition. But we look... Absolutely toothless, I think was what um, Sky Sports News, uh, Soccer Saturday was saying about Leicester. The most toothless side in the Premier League. That's what we are at the moment. And we used to be the absolute opposite. We used to be the side that 
give us half a chance, we'll score, we'll take it. We've got Jamie Vardy up top. At the moment, we're not playing to the strengths of our best player. Um, he can adapt, he can score goals in any side, not a problem. But at the moment, teams are turning up to Leicester and going, they're not going to give us a, a, a really tough game. They're not going to score two or three or four in the space of, you know, you know, 10, 15 minutes or whatever. They're not going to run right like they've done before. Yes, they're a good side and they've got good players. It's just not working. We're, st- we're 23 minutes in, Pete. Are we really? I, I still think... I still we're think 13 Claude, minutes over. I still think Claude would be a good manager for a, for a... If he went Chelsea, I think he would be fine, you know, with the players they've got and the way they play football. I would just say about the, the ground, OK? Oh, yeah, <laughs> drop this one in. Before we... Uh, before we go. Um, we mentioned all the stuff in our previous episode about the ground and the redevelopment. I've spoke to a few people who are involved in talks regarding the ground, and it turns out it's all true. And what that picture? The picture's true. Amazing. The plans are true. It was meant to be released in November, but for obvious reasons, it's been put back. The plan is still to go this postseason um, to build the ground up. The development of the East End is a lot bigger than we previously thought. They're going to do what they did at Liverpool, and that's build it off-site. So it's going to be built just behind the East End and then moved into place whenever it happens. A huge roof is going on, a kind of a bubble-type roof. The idea is they're going to take away about, say, seven or eight rows of the current East End. There's going to be a load of boxes put in there. Then there's going to be a walkway, and then you're going to have a big... Final tier. Inside the East End, there's going to be one concourse, not the concourse that's already there. It's going to be in the middle of the stand. To get to that, they were interested in putting uh, huge escalators in. There's a big question mark now regarding the escalators because of room, so they might not put them in, but that was the idea. Okay, uh, A really big, big roof goes on. So uh, not just shove a tier on, this is a big thing. Uh, how many seats? It's going to be between uh, eleven and 15,000 seats. It's a big expansion. So Leicester's ground will be between 45, uh, 45 and, say, 47,000, around that kind of ilk. Uh, this is a big, big job. All the room behind it is, as it says in those plans, behind the East End, there's going to be a museum built. Okay, There's going to be the hotel. The indoor arena is going to be where it says... Um, on the plans again look on social media look on facebook etc and you can find them the indoor arena is going to be about 8 to 11000 and then obviously you've got um room for people on the floor if there's gigs going on they want to have the indoor arena as the uk hub or one of the world hubs for esports nice so it's going to be they're like they're growing aren't they yeah. esports so it's going to be huge. like an esport type thing uh, it's obviously going to be available for gigs and concerts and sports as well but yeah, that's what they want. Um, and all the other plans look brilliant. They Eventually, they want to install a bridge to connect kind of the Upton Road, Narborough Road area with the ground and the area around it. And also, down by the riverfront, down by in front of the uh, the giant Leicester badge, eventually that's all going to be re-landscaped and have cafes and bars and have like a nature walk all around the woodland area. So... There's there's massive plans for that whole area of Leicester, which, to be honest, needs doing. And, um, yeah, so there we go. It's all going ahead. It's 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 how it is. It looks like there, there might even be some kind of big pattern on the back of the stand or something. It's, 
it's a bit bigger and a bit more bolder than I originally thought. Rather than just make a bit of a curve up and add another tier, this is a big expansion. 